You'll never believe this. A pastor and a rabbi walk into a podcast to discuss how faith and tradition should inspire but not limit us. Yeah, we talk about stand-up comedy, surfing, religion, family issues, Doritos, hemorrhoids, the bears, and absolutely nothing at all. You'll have so much fun, you'll never believe we're actually religious leaders. So, you guys must have great hummus out there. Is there a big debate on um, which uh, on whether uh, hummus tastes better on crackers or Wait. tortilla chips? I don't know if there's a huge debate on that one. Is that racist? Am I being racist? Is am I, is that anti-Semitic to ask about hummus? Oh. What, what's going on here? You're not really. I just had to change over. You started to disappear as soon as you started it. It was like boom. I lost my internet connection, so I went to a more stable internet connection. I don't know if there's a debate about hummus. There should be a debate about hummus. That's for sure. So here's the problem. Um, I often carry several snack products in my office because I don't really stop for lunch. I just kind of healthy snack throughout the day. And um, sometimes I run out of chips. Sometimes I run out of crackers. I've Oof. always got hummus and always got salsa. Salsa is tough because <clears throat> salsa on a cracker is not good. I actually just threw the salsa away that I had because it was quite delightful on tortilla chips. But when I ate it on a cracker, it tastes like cigarettes. Yeah, no, that's not good. It's all mushy and, and mushy and like wet. Ugh, no, you can't do that on a cracker. So you, can't no do salsa. you can't do salsa on a cracker. But hummus I found I could do on both a cracker and a chip. Isn't that amazing? It is amazing. I think it has to do with its texture. You know what? It's like it's got the same viscosity as like a peanut butter. Do you know what happens when it goes like if you spoon it and then you put it into the dishwasher, both will come out of the dishwasher if you don't wash it off with that stuff on it, peanut butter and hummus. They both come out come with off. it on it. Won't come out. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. It, it is like Oh yeah. So our dishwasher gets it off, but then it sticks in the like, like the crab the crevices. And then it grows like mold and, and junk. So yeah, we definitely. And the dishwasher it gets in the crevices? Yeah, because it does wash off our dishes. We have a, probably a, a more powerful um, dishwasher maybe than you. No, but, it definitely comes off of dishes. It doesn't come off of spoons. <clears throat> um, Do you know what I mean? If you like spoon. scoop it out with a spoon, that's, my kids like to also eat like scoop spoons of peanut butter. Like that's a thing. Do you have that in your family? You know, I, so I'm, I'm the garbage disposal. And what happens is like all the dirty dishes at the end of the day, I have to like lick off or eat that food. So I often eat a smaller dinner and don't drink a lot of water throughout the day. Cause there's usually like five cups of water and two water bottles to drink after seven o'clock. And then there's like a bunch of peanut butter spoons and half eaten noodles and stuff like that. Oh so I will have to lick all of, they don't lick the peanut butter spoon for some reason. They'll, they'll put it on something like apples or, or sandwiches, but then they don't lick the spoon. They just kind of, they're missing it. out on the best part. Yeah. I, mean, I, feel I like don't tell them it. that. That's I mean, I'm a little greedy in that essence because I get the <laughs> best part. I get four of the best parts for what, you know, one for right. each kid and one for my wife. And sometimes for sure gets one because if we had some meal that doesn't go with peanut butter and I just had like a, a steak and potatoes, I'm like, I don't want peanut butter on, you know, flavor in there. So I give it to the dog instead. Oh. So, so Israel, no, no debate about whether hummus is better on a cracker or a tortilla chip. I don't feel like there's that much debate going on there. No, huh. I think hummus can go, debating the wrong can, thing then. it goes universal. You think we're debating the way we definitely aren't, aren't uh, lacking for debate. That's for sure. Because that's why this podcast has taken off so huge is because we debate the hard topics. We talk <laughs> this is it. You'll never we believe this. Hummus is better on a cracker. Oh, there it is. I was like, and we don't wait to get into the debate. We turn on the podcast and we're into it right away. We're Deep, dark issues. Yeah, that's it's it, like we were. It's like we were angry coming into this, you know, and we just had a bunch mm. of venting to do about yeah, uh, the, the I think we do have a, there's stuff going on, right? Like I feel it. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe. I mean, I think it's just that I had salsa on a cracker and it tasted like a cigarette and it's really not sitting with me well. And I can, mm. I can speak from experience because I did eat a cigarette one time as a stand up joke. Is that, Oh, I remember. Yeah. That was, ugh. that's, that's, and you know, that taste. Yeah. Yeah. I know Look. how it tastes coming back up too. But um, oh, I'm sure <laughs> what I was what I was hoping to talk about today, um, and if this is this part, this this may be boring, but um, it's nothing like crackers. It was it was a lot about kind of tolerance. I think um, 
something happened uh, a week and a half ago that really got me thinking about tolerance. We, um, the Lutheran church breaks up into uh, small in America, breaks up into smaller groups of about 200 or 300 churches. And they're called synods. They're basically kind of regions of the country. Each synod has a bishop. And then what we do is we fight each other for interstellar dominance. Oh, wow. Yeah. Is it like Christopher Nolan kind of stuff? Yeah. Dodgeball team and uh, lasers and all that kind of stuff, you know, laser tag, I hope. So our synod uh, just elected a new bishop and the bishop is a uh, transgender. Uh, And the, the, the bishop's name is Megan. And it was really interesting. The two top candidates that it came down to, there were uh, over 40 people nominated and we voted initially and then, and, you know, got narrowed down like any vote. And um, the, the, the final two, one was a, a, a homosexual man um, and the other was a transgender. Um, and so it was great. They were both amazingly qualified, um, much better pastors than I am. And that's, that's my, that's my defense to people who are like, I don't know if I could go along with this. I'm like, you know, they're better than me. Like, <laughs> like, you know, they're better, like a lot better than me, though. like not just a little. So your tipping point is their gender and sexual preference, but not how good of a pastor they are. You're like, you like, you, you'll settle for this crap, but not who they love. Anyway. Like you want me to run on the show. That's what you want. Right. And so it's interesting, you know, that, so, that, so anyway, so afterwards there's conversations from people about, you know, oh, I can't go along with this or I'm going to take my money and go elsewhere. Or, uh, you know, what's, you know, uh, you know, some people will even kind of hide the, f- hide the fact that it's about the Bishop being transgender and say it's about something else. And then when you dig deeper, you're like, so, you know, so someone said it was political. They didn't like that, that they were progr- uh, liberals. Essentially said, well, how do you know that they're liberal? And they're right. like, well, I, you know, if they're transgender and I was like, oh, so it is about them, you know, I made this <laughs> assumption and I was like, well, yeah. can't we wait to see them do something wrong before we assume they do something yep. wrong? Anyway, mm-hmm. so it just got me thinking about how people often have this sense where if there's something they don't, personally tolerate there's often this this really big internal dissonance you know right like tolerance has become such a pc uh way to live that people who don't tolerate someone else often kind of hide behind it you know they 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 realize that if they say i hate this bishop or i don't accept your way of life they realize that that's not pc right But it's almost like, you know what, if you're going to be a hater, be a hater. I'd rather have someone tell me what they, what they dislike. And so I could not hang out with them than have them, you know, pretend and double back and, and, or hide it and have it come out in other ways. We had a woman here at church who left the church, said it was about some issue that wasn't an issue. And then six months later, she emailed me and said, you know, I've been, I've been meaning to tell you this for a while, but it was really about something that happened three years ago. I was like, I'd rather have you tell me three years ago and get out right? Seriously. Than, than have it blow up in this really, you know, sort of public way. And really it was all about them realizing that they were in some way intolerant, you know, and, and I don't know. I mean, how, where do you, you know, the other thing I remember here, I'll share one more story for now. Sure. But um, when we were at URI, um, me and uh, my friend Glenn, uh, there was a man on the quad. It's the guy who was probably there every year who would just stand up there and tell everybody they're going to hell. And Oh, yeah, I remember that. I love that guy. <laughs> he was my so, friend. So Glenn and I would stand there <laughs> holding hands, and we would yell back, we tolerate everyone except the intolerant. <laughs> and it was this, like, <laughs> just this, it was such like a very like dry Monty Python joke. And we would just yell it over and over again while he was yelling into his blowhorn about who he hated and why we were going to hell and all these other things. Nice. And I thought it was like, it's a very true statement because I think even those who there's, there's a, you know, there is a subgroup of people who do consider themselves, you know, all loving and tolerant. But then when it comes to people who are, intolerant or hateful they're like yeah i can't i can't talk with them or they they they're they're awful people so i'm listen i'm i i'm with you 100 i think the uh the key to all of this is definitely the dialogue number one number two um i, I believe it was my father who said to me first like 
he would rather know who hates him than not know who hates him any day of the week. Yes. Yes. Tell exactly. me you hate me. So I know. Yeah. So yeah, not, not only like, not only that, you know, but like it, there's also, I mean, it, it might be a longer conversation that we're, we might not want to delve into right away, but there's this free speech issue, right. That obviously swirls around all of this and are there lines that we draw and there's things that we say are out of bounds. We don't say this. We don't, we shouldn't say this. We shouldn't allow this to be said, or do we set, let everything be said and, and say like the ACLU used to say, right. I will die. I don't might not agree with you, but I'll die for your right to say what right. it is you're going to say. People want their free speech, but they want it to be without consequences. Or they want their free speech for them, not for not necessarily yeah. for you. <laughs> right, right. They want to be allowed to say what they want to say, but not have, you know, they but what they realize it comes with consequences. So then they're like, well, right. it's not really free speech. It's like, no, it's not. <laughs> no, not at all. So like so I have a friend who who sent me right when you said this, you were like, Hey, let's do this to, let's talk about this issue. Um, he sent me a screenshot of a, a surf group that we were like a Facebook group that's you know all about surfing called, I think it's called like legendary surfers. And th- this group has actually come up on this podcast before because I, you know, put stuff out there and we actually did a whole podcast on the response of this group and da, da, da. And I, my, my feeling was, okay, there's a lot of people in my, in my book that don't like Jews here. And that seems to be okay with them. And I wasn't going to go away. I was going to, you know, I mean, like every chance I get, I'm going to point out, you know, oh, I, and like, it's so funny. Cause like uh, maybe about a week ago, week and a half ago, um, during one of the last uh, WSL contests, the world surf league contest, they showed a picture of Jack Robinson who, you know, as far as I know that, you know, there hasn't been a Jew on the world surf league tour since Sean, um, I forget his last name at the moment, but we're talking 1970s. Okay. So nobody's, Nobody's Jewish on the tour, but something about the way the picture was lit made it look like the the guy was wearing a kippah. And I took a I took a picture of it with my phone and I posted it on this group and I said, "Wait a minute, Jack Robinson is Jewish?" And like people are like, "What does it matter? It doesn't matter that he's Jewish. What are you doing?" And like doing the same thing that they did last time and I was like, it's like and then a couple of people kept writing things like I don't think these people are too bright because they're not getting the joke. <laughs> like, you know, like there was like some people who were on the in and some people who were definitely not on the in. But another thing that came up on this group, sorry, long, long roundabout story to get to this, was somebody posted a thing. Um, and this was a screenshot my friend sent me, which it said swastika surfboards. What? And yeah, it was some, I mean, I can, I mean, we can put it in the show notes if people want to see the picture. I, I kept a, a screenshot of it as well, just to see it. But what was interesting was his response versus my response. Yeah. So he saw the Swastis surfboard. He immediately reported it to, to Facebook and he left the group. And I'm like, what does that solve? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, somebody put up swastika surfboards. Now I'm sure the guy who's, you know, the admin for the group or the admins for the group didn't even see that it was happening. By the time I went to look for it in the group, it was gone. Now it could have been because he reported it. It could have been because the, the admin saw it. But I, but my feeling was Facebook was sort of set up in this realm of being a place where lots of dialogue can happen. And I'm not going to run away from dialogue, right? I'm going to say, if I had seen that thing, I would have posted on it. I would have said, you know, I'm a member of this group. I'm a rabbi. I'm Jewish. Um, I surf. I'm an avid surfer. Do people think that this is okay? Because I don't I don't think that swastika surfboards is this thing that I would ever buy or support or, you know, and that's the way to, I think that's the way to answer the problem. Say, we're not supporting this. Well, not you can't say it. Facebook's a great example because they they initially prided themselves on being tolerant and uh, for all people, and now they have these <clears throat> rules and guidelines about what's posted and any hate speech or, um, yeah, th- you know, racially charged. And they'll you know you can report it, and it's immediately they'll delete it before they even um, before they even check it out. You know, and so there's this like, okay, we're tolerant of so many things, but not hate. And it's, is it healthy or is it not? I, I don't know. I mean, I think definitely that, you know, seeing that intolerance of some uh, has really caused people m- massive amounts of, you know, depression and suicide has been a, a big part of social media's involvement and people seeing, you know, themselves hated. And I, you know, I think probably you as well, maybe not, but I've been privileged. I've, I've never had anyone attack my human dignity 
um, you know, with a meme or, you know, say I'm not worthy of something because of something I was born into. So I don't totally understand it, but I do think it, it shouldn't be a, I don't, you know, how public can that stuff be? How much do we tolerate versus, you know, where's the boundary? Where's the, you know, where do we police this thing and say, okay, kick it out. Don't, you know, we don't need to put that on Facebook or publicly in, in that way. I hear, I hear what you're saying. I think that what's, what I find interesting is one thing is that people, people have sort of, to put this in a, the way I want to put it, people have sort of taken that Sims video game and they think it's real. And you know, what I mean by that is there's a, there's a, a real easy way, I think in a lot of ways to, to get away from hatred on Facebook. And that's just to turn it off, like leave it. Like there are some things, right? So when I was in, when I was in college, I worked for a woman uh, who I greatly respect. Her name is Marianne Sorrentino. She was the top rated um, AM talk show host for a while on one station. She came over to this other station and I, I uh, was her intern for one semester. And she had this wonderful uh, soundbite where this person called up and was complaining about her and some of the things she said. And the person said, I can't get away from this Marianne Sorrentino. And he was, and she was always saying, can't get away, change the station. Like, (laughs) what's the issue? And like, what do you mean? I'm not coming to your house. Like, and so I'm kind of in the same way. There are some things though, which go beyond that, right? There are some things where people are really trying to take down. And we've talked about cancel culture a little bit, where people are really trying to get people to lose their jobs and lose their livelihoods. And that, that's different. You know what I mean? I think that's beyond the pale a little. Like, but, but when somebody writes a comment about you or about something you said that, that they don't agree with you and they say something nasty, like, yeah, just don't read the comment. Yeah, just keep scrolling. Yeah. <laughs> just keep yeah I, I asked a question about our worship space and I posted a picture in a group that I'm on the other day. And um, there were great, there were mostly great, great, great responses. But there were like two or probably, I think there were only two people who responded in really snarky ways, like um, about how my theology was wrong and, you know, how there shouldn't be, you know, how awful it was that we were even asking these questions, um, that kind of thing. And, and the Lutheran way is to do it this way. And, um, and it was sort of a tangent. And so my response was, why is it there's always one old cranky white guy who feels like they have to, who feels like they have, feels like they, it's their duty to comment because they're insecure. And That's, oh boy, that one blew up. I mean, there's like, they, they must've loved that one. I mean, the group in general loved it because it's so true. I feel like you can read anybody's really like people who are questioning and wrestling and evolving and, you know, moving towards a wokeness. Are, are engaging online, but then there's these people who are terribly insecure because their way of life isn't or isn't secure, or there's something new and and difficult to understand, and they feel like they have to like lash out, yeah, and get angry mm-hmm. at everybody. Have you found? And I I think with one thing with tolerance, have you found that typically people who are intolerant of something it's it's because they don't understand it. Do you think that's true? I think that's definitely true. I mean, I, most of the intolerant um, speech and dialogue that I've been involved in, uh, and I should say that's been directed at me, has had to do with circumcision and people who are anti-circumcision online. And they, and they really have a very sort of distorted view of what, what it is and have a sort of very, like, I, I, get, I got to a point when I first started posting and first started getting and engaging in these dialogues. I know it's probably a strong, it's a much nicer word dialogue when it came to this, when I came to uh, say Twitter and I got into, you know, verbal bouts with people on, on Twitter, when it came to circumcision, you know, for, there was a time where I felt like I've got to respond to everybody and I've got to respond to what they say. And then it got to a point where I went, you know, I'm not going to respond to idiots. I'm only going to respond to someone who really seems like they want to have a conversation and they're open to having an actual dialogue and learning about what's going and learning about where I'm coming from. And if somebody's really close in that way and they don't want to hear anything that anyone else has to say, and they only want to call you names and, and use you as the scapegoat, which like you're saying, that's usually what people are doing, right? You, you as the scapegoat. I, I just, I just like, you know, I changed the channel or, you know, I turned the page. I just, I don't even listen. It's not, it's like this person is clearly disconnected. Now, 
there have been times though where people have come at me with, you know, a lot more than just, you know, a disagreement and and they've done some name calling and then they push it into strong anti-Semitism. When it goes into that direction, I I keep I flip and flop, right, with these rules that Twitter and Facebook have, whether or not to use them and whether or not not to use them. And I think on the one side, I go, I think people should understand that anti-Semitic speech is not really tolerated and that might be a good thing. But on the flip side, uh, I, I shouldn't even say on the flip side, so that it's not tolerated. And also I've, there has one time I actually, the guy was clearly calling for, you know, to hurt Jewish people. He said something to the effect of, you know, if you guys keep doing these circumcisions, then don't be surprised when there's another Holocaust. And I said, oh. I, I think, I think I'm going to report this guy to the FBI just to let they know that they that he's out there, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, just to let him know that he's out there. And he's like, I didn't say anything. I didn't do anything. And I was like, see, that's, that's where the blinders are. Like you didn't even realize that you just basically said, uh, you know, we'll be happy when the Jewish people are exterminated again. And that's, that's not a problem for you. Like that doesn't register. <laughs> yeah. Again, it's like, there is, there is free speech, but it's not free of consequences. Right. And I think, you know, what, what was it about it that he hated that he didn't understand, you know, and, and obviously he wasn't Jewish, so he doesn't have the life long education and, and experience that uh, you do. Um, but it, it's just interesting that people seem to reel against or, you know, they kick out these new ideas or new things and, and, and they don't have this understanding of, you know, okay, my mind is constantly expanding and evolving to include and accept. And yeah, there's some deal breakers, you know, like people like that. You're like, yeah, I'm not going to bring that, that hatred into the world, but some people need to, I feel like some people need to uh, have a need for them to understand everything and kind of put it at like a puzzle piece into their worldview. And if it's not, you know, in the shape of a puzzle piece, or if it's not in the right that they're used to, they become intolerant. They say, this is wrong. I'm not going to be a part of this. I'm shutting down rather than asking good, curious questions like, okay, tell me more about why is it that circumcision is essential for uh, Jewish males or what, you know, what, what do you mean you're a transgender and your pronouns are they and them tell how, how have you, how did you come to understand that? You know, it's, 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 you know, it's much easier to shut down, but I feel like you're missing out on the complexity and beauty in the world because your tiny monkey mind needs to be able to understand everything and we'll never be able to. <laughs> or to fit understand. it into a box. Yeah. And I think it's just kind of, you know, and with religion, it's one of those tough issues because most people come into the religion, religious system and they're looking for almost a domino theology, right? Like right. it either all stands to be true or everything falls apart. Right. I think that's why people have joined and been a part of some religions. And that's why people have left because they realized, Oh, that, what do you mean that, that, you know, if that um, Genesis one story isn't factual and God didn't create the world in seven 24 hour periods, then the whole Bible must be wrong and all stories. So why would I be a part of a church? Why would I be, you know, and that's for both of us. Right. I think there's people who need it all to be true and if they can't understand how some of its stories and some of its poems and some of its education and teachings and some of its laws and some's contextual and some's not, if they can't figure out how to incorporate it without understanding it, they become intolerant of the whole thing, right? They throw right. the whole thing away when really there's a, there's a place at the end of every religious theology. If anyone sits down with me for, for a good amount of time asking questions, there's a point at which I say, I don't know, but I'm curious to find out once I join God again, you know, and, right. and, and they're like, wait, what do you mean? You don't know the answer to, yeah. you know, the big one is like, is Hitler in heaven? And I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I can tell you this scripture and this scripture and I share everything I've, I've come to. And I said, but in the end, you know, that's not up to me. And this was given to me to inform my lifestyle and to be tolerant of others, not to be the judge, jury and executioner of p- things I don't understand. Yeah, I just I, I when when you bring uh, it's not just because you you know you mentioned Hitler, but that, like so that's the thing that I still struggle with when it, when it comes from a religious context or a secular context. Where do we draw those lines, right? Where do we say 
what you're, I mean, obviously, I think all of us would agree that we draw lines at physical violence, right? That's just, a, that's too easy. You know what I mean? Like, that's just, okay, fine. Like, those things are out of the pale. But um, when someone, um, when someone says, you know, um, not only, let me ask you this. Let me, let me, let me pose it in a question. Let's say this person who lashed out um, and said, you know, I don't understand this and I can't do this and I'm taking my money elsewhere. What if that person had asked inquisitive questions um, and had a really deep, meaningful conversation, but at the end of the day said, I still don't think this is part of, it's, it's too, it's, it's, I don't want to limit it to what I believe, but you know, cause that's always like, but for me, and you know, that's not really what I'm trying to say, but what if there is a sect of Christianity or a sect of Judaism that says in a respectful fashion, um, I, I don't think that this can be something that can be incorporated into what I'm doing. Are they, are they also out of the pale in your mind? So I think there's a big difference between religion and tolerance. I'm just saying how religion has been historically and, and currently is intolerant in a lot of ways. But I think tolerance in general there, you know, I don't, I don't know where that is. I think there's <clears throat> Timothy Keller, uh, great Christian author says, you know, tolerance isn't about your, isn't about not having any beliefs. It's about how your beliefs lead you to treat people who disagree with you. And 100%. so I think, I mean, I mean, I think that's where we're trying to get to. So I think, yeah, I don't, I don't, <clears throat> When it comes tolerance, to tolerance doesn't for you mean agree, right? That's not what you're saying. You're not saying tolerance is I, I agree necessarily with what you're doing, but I can certainly sit down with you and have a respectful conversation and respect you as a person. Right. Tolerance yeah, is about how, we're, how we're treating those people we disagree with. Religion yeah. often says we have to have an in or an out, right? And I'm not sure if that's the way in which the Bible has taught us to treat other people. Um, so I think there's like a... a, a an application that we put uh, on tolerance in our religions that is more uh, strict and in a box than the purest form of tolerance is just our, our um, how our beliefs lead us to treat those people. Right. Right. Like you said, it was beautiful. You don't have to agree with them. Uh, You don't have to be friends with them. You don't have to ever see them again, but tolerance is a way to treat other people um, that, says something about your character and your understanding of the world that you're not the God of everything who needs to understand everything, but that there's, this exists. It is what it is. I'll speak out against it. I'll report it on Facebook. Um, (laughs) You know what I mean? But I, I, I'm not going to, you know, belittle anybody else because I'm, I'm adhering to the, you know, kind of the theology of tolerance that, Mm-hmm. this, this is, you know, this is an existence. I, and to be hateful of it is often, you know, you're often, you become the thing that you hate if you're, yeah. um, if you're awful and mean and spirited and, and uh, hateful and uh, to people who are intolerant in some way. So I'll tell you the, the one of the things um, that I found most inspiring um, in the studies that I did when I first started learning and I start, first started on my path to being a rabbi in the Orthodox sect of Judaism, I, um, I was really struggling with the issues of homosexuality. And obviously that would probably now include transgender and all these sorts of things that we have um, as part of our world now. Um, and I was struggling with it because I was very open to these sorts of lifestyles and I felt that they were uh, there was nothing necessarily wrong with those lifestyles. Yet my, you know, the more traditional camp in Judaism is saying that there is. Um, and one of the most inspiring books I read um, didn't go as far as I wanted it to, let's say, in being accepting of uh, people who lead a lifestyle like that. But what he said was, and I mean, this was coming also from somebody who was well to the right of where I am. I mean, we're talking you know, I was, you know, left, left leaning in orthodoxy, and he was at least in the center, if not center right. Um, and he said, um, all he knew, when he was being approached by people um, who were living, you know, or, or were in, internally living as uh, homosexuals, and but couldn't express that in the orthodox tradition. He said, all I know is that you have to hug them. 
He said, you, if you tell people that they, you know, have no place in orthodoxy, they have no place in Judaism and God's going to send them to hell, the people are going to kill themselves. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I said, that's for me, that's not far enough, right? I would love to go further than that. But at the same time, to look at someone who has basically come to a realization on his own, when people questioned him and people pushed him on the issue and came and spoke to him. And then he, he left those conversations and said, wait, this is, this is what people have to do. People have to be open and warm and welcoming to them, even though, again, the answer at the end of the day may be when it comes to religious law, right? When it comes to Jewish law, I can't say this is accepted under Jewish law, but I would never, you know, throw people to the curb. And I think that's, that to me is, is almost the model that at at least I'm trying to go for in everything that I do, right? Where I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to throw people away because I don't agree with them, but I will, might have to stand my ground where I don't agree with them but I'm not going to throw them away. I, I'm still going to hug them at the end of the day. Yeah. And I don't know. If, I mean, I think that's sort of an, an extreme tolerance. You know, I think it's, um, I think tolerance condemns oppression and persecution. Like John F. Kennedy said, he, he said tolerance implies no lack of commitment to one's own beliefs, but it condemns the oppression and persecution of other people. So I think, it's tough because to to hug someone implies acceptance and it's essentially someone who's trying to kill you or persecuting your way of life. You know, I don't know if I'd hug them, but I wouldn't persecute or condemn them back. And I think, so go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. No, 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 you. No, you. <laughs> so look, I no, mean, this is, oh, you. So look, I, I mean, I don't know how much you want to go down this rabbit hole, but I'm sure, you know, you fully know what's going on in this country right now, right? And I think, if anything, the model that Israel tries to put forth, and if, for those who are listening who, you know, this might come out in a week or so or a week or two, and this might have all blown over by now, please, God, I hope that it will. Um, at, at this moment, 4,000 rockets have been shot at Israel by Hamas, which is a terrorist organization functioning out of Gaza. Um, and the one thing that I think that Israel has tried over and over and over to do is that we still have tried with every group of people around us. And we've got a lot of Arab communities around us. And, uh, and there's a, there's still a number of them who do not like us. Um, but we have always tried to extend our hand in peace. Um, and for me, that's the model that I'm going for is, you know, uh, today, just today, I was, you know, they, as of yesterday, there was a call for a day of rage. There was a, you know, a general strike by the Arab community, Arab Israeli community. Um, and they said that they were going to have a day of rage and I needed to go to the hand, the, to the hardware store. I needed to purchase something today. And the hard, there's a hardware store I've been going to just outside the gate of my, uh, community that is owned by an Arab. Uh, uh he's not, I don't even know if he's Israeli Arab, but he's, he's Arab. Um, and I thought to myself for a long time before going and saying, am I going to go to this hardware store right now? Because, you know, about half a block away last night, there were riots and people were throwing things at the, at the soldiers. And, you know, it was, it was bad. And I said, you know what, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to go. And I, and I, and I drove my car out of the gate and I went to the hardware store and sure enough, he was as sweet and as lovely as he's always been. Nothing changed. Um, but I feel like if, if anything you know, I, I can't let, and that's sort of where Israel sits right now. I can't, I can't let someone destroy me because I'm holding my hand out in peace, right? We have to defend ourselves. But on the flip side, I think that I'm always at any given moment that I can going to extend my hand to the other, to the other side and try and, and try and build a relationship there. Yeah. And that's, that's great. I mean, there you're I mean, drawing a fine line, you know, if someone's trying to kill you, you, you aren't entitled. I mean, you aren't, it required to really, you know, hug them. Like you said, it's like, right, okay. Right. Uh, you don't, you know, I think that's in, in, in my understanding of forgiveness, you know, you don't have to go back to that situation. You've been abused or hurt. Um, but you can let go of kind of the pain and resentment and not become an angry, bitter, hateful person back. Right. And that's kind of, you know, it's a higher road. It's a tougher road. Um, now, the stories we've been hearing here are also that Israel's firing back 
and that's absolutely not that I'm not, I'm not uh, saying that's wrong. You know, I think there, there's, uh, there's, there comes a point when, you know, defense and, and, and uh, if they're malicious, overly uh, interested in, in, you know, aggressive bombings, um, maybe the only way to really stop it is to fight back. And that's, um, I mean, that's definitely where we sit right now. I think, um, Israel is, uh, not, I don't think it, it, it ever wants to, uh, be involved in any of these sorts of back and forths. Um, but you know, one's government, a government has the moral responsibility to make sure its citizens aren't being killed by its neighbors. Like right, that's so not just, you can't just, there's, there's no, there's, we've got to defend ourselves. Um, but what's hard, I think what's been hardest for me, and this is sort of the dialogue that we're talking about and sort of, you know, who, when do we draw a line and say, you know, you've stepped over that line. Um, you know, there's been a lot of pushback from the, the, the America from, from Hollywood. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen any of the, but Trevor Noah said some things, which I was very upset about. Um, John Oliver has said stuff uh, in the last uh, 24 hours, 48 hours that has been also very, very frustrating. Um, and the hardest part is that they paint a picture of Israel that's just completely inaccurate. They put, paint a picture of us um, having the sort of military upper hand because we are one of the strongest militaries in the world um, and saying things to the effect of, well, when you've got that that power on your side, you have a moral responsibility not to react because the other power is, is at a disadvantage. Um, and what's interesting is it's almost like a, like a memo went out to all of the, all of this, uh, the communities, because Je- that was exactly what Trevor Noah said. That's exactly what John Oliver said. And it's being echoed throughout the, the liberal world. And what's amazing is they say things, and I don't know if you know, do you know what the, you, the Iron Dome is the protection that we have, right? One of the, the most amazing technological advancements in, in defensive things that I've ever seen. It, it basically shoots rockets out of the sky that are going towards popu- civilian, civil, civilian populated areas. It costs, believe it or not, somewhere between 10 and $50,000 per rocket, just sort of sidebar. But so anyway, Jamie, do, do, do our listeners a favor, um, try and bring it back to tolerance too. Like where, where is that in this whole mess? Right. So that's a, so that's where I was going. So the, the argument that some people have been pushing forward is the, the other side of Israel, the, the Gaza does not have an iron dome. And one of the IDF uh, representatives said, Actually, Gaza does have an Iron Dome. It's don't shoot rockets at us and Israel will never shoot a rocket at you. Like we will never preemptively do that. And I think on a level of tolerance to say we have nothing, we are not vengeful. We do not, you know, want to fight you, but please don't force us back into this corner. And then if you were, if they were, I think if tomorrow, um, got the the Hamas right were to turn around and say we are we are no longer your enemy we are putting away the rockets they're gone we would sit down in one second for peace we would not even think about it because that, I mean and that that level of tolerance is in my book so commendable but sure. I, I think well I mean tell me what you think I mean does that sound like I said there's a there's a line where you have to not be tolerant but please God. We hope in the future there will be. Yeah. So what is the, I mean, what's the Hamas beef with Israel? What's the impetus for them firing these rockets? They've used a couple of excuses to start the, to start the flare up. But really, if you look at their charter, they, they are actively searching to kill Jews. They really, I mean, they, they were connected to Hitler, like the, the birth of um, all of these terrorist organizations comes from Hitler and they all uh, in their charter say that Israel needs to not exist, AKA also we need to push all the Jews into the sea. Um, so at this point, the flare up started because um, there were some claims that uh, it's technical. I don't want to go too deep into it, but one was that there was a legal dispute over um, certain lands um, in Sheikh Jarrah, I think it's called. Um, and it's been disputed since 1960. 
And finally, after uh, the we're talking court disputed, uh, the court finally said the families who are um, Arab living in that in these couple of apartment buildings, these are Jewish owned. So if you want to stay in these apartments, you need to pay rent or you need to leave. Um, and they said, look at this. They kick they kick Arabs out of their homes. So that was one thing. And then there was a, there were riots that started on, on the Temple Mount uh, about a week and a half ago. And um, it, the, the Israeli police had to come in and, and stop the riots. And they made, they painted a picture that we came in and started beating people during Ramadan and in their, in the Al-Aqsa mosque, which was not true. Um, so essentially so, there's a, I mean, there's a, a, there's an initial intolerance from uh, the Hamas Muslims of Jewish people. I mean, there's in essence that it goes deep into their religious roots um, and their, you know, their beliefs. And it's as extreme as you're saying, their intolerance is extreme enough that they want to kill, you know, randomly kill Jews. Is that kind of where it starts? The, that's a hundred percent where it starts. Um, yeah. The level of intolerance is, very high. And, and you can see this because they are indiscriminately, that's one of the differences in, you know, all of this is that they are indiscriminately sending rockets into civilian areas, which is a war crime, but they are, but on the flip side, we, I don't know if you, if you've heard any of this, but we, when we find out that there is some Hamas uh, stronghold of some sort, say, and they, what they do is they set themselves up in civilian areas we send out pamphlets, you know, we drop pamphlets, we send out text messages, we call people that like janitors and people who work in the building and we say, get out of there in one hour, we're going to bomb this building because it's being used by Hamas and, and get out of there. So the element of surprise is lost. And, but then we come an hour later and we drop what's, drop what's called a knock bomb, which only takes out the top level of the building. And it's another warning, get out of here. And after about two hours, they take out the building. So there's so many less casualties, but basically you're right. The intolerance cl- clearly starts on the other side. Um, if you want to talk more about sort of the tolerance and intolerance of Israeli Arabs that are in this community, that gets a little more complicated. Um, that we, I think Israel is, uh, needs to do a lot more work to, to lift up the, the Israeli Arab community uh, that who live in our midst. Um, and there's a lot of rioting starting vis-a-vis that, and they have burned down synagogues and they've stabbed people. And it's, I mean, it's the whole thing. It's just, like I said, this goes on and on and on. I don't know where we want to go with this, but. Yeah, and the hard part is anything, there's, you know, there's, I agree with you on so much of it, um, but so much of it, I don't understand, you know, and I, um, the, the hard part for Americans is that, you know, the dialogue that comes out is often on the side of, uh, peace and and we have no historical context for the deep religious roots that that Gaza Strip in particular has for both the Jewish people and you know the Muslims claim uh, claim that that area is their religious right as well. Correct. I don't know how much they claim Gaza itself is their religious right, but uh, just for a little history on Gaza itself. We, um, we were inhabitants of Gaza for up until I think it was 2005. And in 2005, we made a unilateral decision to pull out of Gaza, Israel, and give it to the Arab population that was there. And Hamas immediately came in, took over, and has basically run it into the ground, taking all the money that comes from the UN, from America, using it to, to fund terror. That's all that's basically happened. And so sure. Um, but what I'm saying is it sounds like both. So both sides are claiming this is their religious right. I mean, you can see it on any um, anywhere you, you know, you look up um, Muslim um, uh, Muslim historical context in, the, in Gaza. They're saying that there are portions that are theirs. And um, I mean, some of some of that stuff appears in the in both the Bible and the Quran, some of the, the people. So correct. It's and that's the hard part is when it comes to tolerance, it's like, um, he, you know, who it's, it's rooted in 4,000 plus years of this is mine and arguing kind of who has the right to be here. And there is a very little kind of conversational tolerance. You know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. in some areas, you know, think of the you know, Americans again are very narrow minded on this. 
Um, I've heard people relate it to kind of, well, you know, it's like um, uh, Christians and Jews living next door to each other in, in uh, the suburbs. They just kind of do it, even though, uh, or um, what did they say about, someone said something about Native Americans, which was really like Ooh. offensive and naive. <laughs> Um, but <laughs> very but tolerant, very again, tolerant. Again, we, we have no, no actual context because this has never been, we've never had in America other than kind of the native Americans, there's never been a large span claim of, you know, two territorial rights in religion, right. which is largely an intolerant group. It's amazing that right. the religions formed on, you know, love. Well, most of them have some form of, um, of love in their core, um, but higher deity and their, the influence that that deity has upon people, somehow people go, oh yeah, there's a higher deity about love. And that means we need to hate the people who don't agree with us, you know? Yeah, and right, if this sure. is ours, it can't be theirs. There's no possible right. way we can so, share this space or coexist. It's like, let's bomb them off existence because we love, right. because we believe in a guy who loves, or a God who loves every, everyone, which isn't obviously right. the Hamas Muslim uh, you know, core, uh, foundation. Sure. So let me just, so just for a one second, sort of, if you want like a one second history, um, and this is the, this actually comes to the core of what you're talking about, but the, but Israel, uh, basically Jews had started to buy land in and around Israel before the, the state was established in 1948. Um, when 1948 came, um, the UN gave a, a charter for both, uh, a state of, and I don't, I excuse my ignorance if it was called Palestine, but there was to be an Arab state next to a Jewish state. Um, and the Jews took the, the, the bargain right away and said, we would love to live next to the Arab state and the Arab, our Arab counterparts who are now Palestinians said not on your life. And they attacked and tried to wipe us off the face of the earth. Now, again, tolerance and living next door to each other, um, I mean, that's, that's a goal that we have had. None of us, I think in this, on, on this side, I mean, we feel like there has to be a Jewish state, right? They can't not exist, but on the what flip side, a Jewish state, a Jewish state of being or a place that's Jewish, a place, a place that's Jewish Israel, right? There has to be a Jewish state. We need it. We have needed it. Um, we can go through that if at a later point, why that's the case, but um, we never said, and that means that these people have to vacate and we don't want to have anything to do with them. We wanted to figure out a way to coexist next to each other. And unfortunately it's never been reciprocated. So I, I believe and hope that one day the other, the, the, the other side will, will come to the table and, and we will have tolerance in both directions. Um, but I think that we are trying desperately, you know, through all of this to, to um, make the arrangements. Like, I mean, all of the peace treaties that came out of last year with the UAE and um, has been unbelievable. Um, and we just want, and I think Israel just wants more of that. We want more uh, tolerance, you know, from our neighbors and, and we would want to give more to our neighbors. Yeah. And it's amazing because in, in acts of extreme intolerance, um, bombings, hatred, fighting, you know, KKK, the 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 other side it's difficult to be tolerant of someone who is extremely intolerant you know what i mean like if someone's making uh, death threats on you and your life for whatever reason it's tough to be like i understand where you're coming from and i i respect <laughs> right. your i respect your right to have that decision sometimes uh, i don't want myself here either but and then, <laughs> exactly. It's like how, in the way through it, it, you know, it's like how how can you be tolerant of those who damn your life, but not be a you know a victim or a martyr by that? You yeah. know what I mean? Like, and I don't. I'm not implying that that's. I really have no claim on what's going on over there. My I'm largely ignorant, but in in a larger aspect of of tolerance, um, you know, I think it's really hard when you have these violent. Um, hateful groups um, who are just out to, you know, kill, exterminate, that kind of stuff. You're like, okay, how do I remain tolerant and fight back or defend myself, but right. still say, you know, you, you know, you have your right to personal freedom. I think there's, I don't know. There was, where did I see? There was a, there was a, like a documentary, I believe it was that I saw that spoke about a report, a black reporter who um, just decided one day to get in contact with one of, if not the head of the KKK, 
and said, uh, can I come and interview you? And oh, he came in a, and uh, Kamal, Kamal Bell, I think. Yeah, that sounds right. And then he converted all these people. And I was like, that's, that's the model, right? Like you just, you keep coming back and you keep saying to the people who hate and want your destruction, but I don't want yours. Like, I still want you to be in this world. And I still want, I mean, I would be much happier if you embraced me back and didn't want me to die. Like that would probably be better. But, but at the same time, you know, we don't hate you. We don't want you not to be here. We don't want you not to exist. Um, and, and please like, let's put, put the guns down. Like, I, I mean, there was this amazing moment last week where my, uh, my daughter um, in her school, she got her first prayer book um, and she was so excited. And we did like, there was a whole special ceremony that they did out in this park. And we sat down and we prayed for the first, she prayed for the first time from her new, her new prayer book. And I, I just went, Oh my God, like if, if we, if the other side would put the guns down, like, this is it, this is what it would be. We would just, we would have different prayers, but we would pray in the same, you know, space. We would pray together and we, it would like, it would just stop. It would be over. And, you know, and now I'm sitting, I mean, just, you know, we, you know, there's, I have a, I have a, my own prayer book, you know, like on my cell phone so that when I'm running around, I can just, you know, look up the afternoon service and pray. And all I'm seeing is this application that I have, which tells me, you know, where and when bombs, rockets have been shot and where they're going to. And that's mm. what I'm seeing in the middle of my prayers. Mm. And, and I just, it's, it's heartbreaking. It's all heartbreaking. It's yeah, really that's not. Brutal. That's brutal. Yeah. And our, yeah, my heart breaks for you and the, the fear you must be in and then, and then having to raise four kids and, and feel like the protector provider for your family amidst all that has got to be. Uh, I mean, it's, it's so hard. And, and, you know, this was, there was this other moment where one of my other children said, um, you know, we had to have this conversation with them. We said, you know, when this started about a week and a half ago, we said, you know, if you're in the park and you hear the siren go off, you have to run to the closest bomb shelter. And if you don't, if there's no bomb shelter, then you go into a stairwell. And if you don't think you can get there in one minute, which how can a kid who's nine years old really understand that kind of time, you know, in the moment in that mayhem. But we said, you have to, you lie down on the ground, you put your hands over your head and that's it. And that's what you do. And so, of course, the questions just start pouring in and, you know, they have all these questions. Why is this happening? Why do they hate us? Why do, you know, and, and then my, my daughter says, why doesn't God do a miracle for the Jewish people? Mm. And I said, uh, just, you know, what do you answer? What's your answer to that? You know, I said, I, I, I wish that God would do a miracle for the Jewish people, but I also wish God would do a miracle for, for the people on the other side, the miracle being, you know, change their hearts. You know what I mean? And, and that we could live in peace. You know, that's what all, I think that's all Jew that the Israel wants. I think that's what all Jews want. And I think that's what the whole, I mean, everyone who's rational in the world, I think that's what they want too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that seems like a good place to uh, good closing words for everybody. May God bring peace and tolerance to all folks, not to be accepting of hatred, but to stand in the face of hatred with uh, a grounding that doesn't cause you to be hateful of those who are hateful, but turns their hearts into one of acceptance and love. Um, and may you, Jamie, and your family have strength and peace in your hearts and connection to one another amidst all this terror. Thanks, Tom. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. See you next week.